Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, what a wonderful thing to know that we have the authority. In the name above every other name, which is Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. We reign in this life through Jesus Christ. And Father, we pray that by that authority tonight, we pray that no weapon formed against your people will prosper. That the anointing and the manifestation of your Spirit shall come mightily upon your people because you are worthy to be praised. And we ask you, Father, to bless us with your presence so that the name of Jesus Christ, the authority that we have in that name, may be glorified. And if you believe this, then we all agree and we say, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Thank you very much. It's always, always so... It's, it's precious. Every single time it's new when the anointing comes. And it's here. I'm always reminded of this. We come to God's house. His presence is here. We must seek it. We must seek His presence. It's His house. We're the guests. This is His house. So in starting tonight, it's great seeing Pastor Harold and Maud. You know, just on behalf of the pastors, I would like to just briefly intervene on a, on, on a matter just to give a, a different perspective concerning this weekend's um, a supposed volleyball game that took place. I just have to say from the pastor's side, we were absolutely in the dark concerning this. And then about an hour before the time, we were challenged that we should come and play volleyball. So we had to gather around, and the moment that we started playing, we did not know that we were going to play table tennis, um, bowling, um, gymnastics, trampoline, and volleyball all at the same time, because we know how to play volleyball, but the youth obviously had a different version of it. So we just want to say we were innocent. We thought we were playing the game, but they were playing a different game. But be that as it may, they were such good sports. And thank you for everyone who came and support. And I think we all know what the outcome and the score was in the end. But we'll wait another year. We'll be patient. But just, we just wanted to clarify that from, from, from our perspective, you know. So, um, but it's wonderful being here, you know. Uh, I was thinking of this something, you know. In the years gone by, they used to say that we were very fortunate if you had in your close circle of, of, of friends, if you had a lawyer, an accountant, and a doctor, then you were pretty sorted because you, you would find your way. But nowadays they say you are very fortunate if in your close circle of friends, if you have an electrician, if you, ha if you have a plumber, and an IT specialist. Because that's just how the world has changed. And it's true, the world, the world really has changed. I still remember not so long ago, probably 20 years max, we had Bible studies as a subject in school. It was compulsory, and, and you had to have that subject right until matric, irrespective of the other subject that you chose when you had your allocation of subject that you chose for the supposed future that you were embarking on. But you know, we are a Christian nation of 80% plus, so I suppose we don't have to have that in the schools anymore, you know? You know, we're 80% Christian, and I, and I tried to get my head around this, and I was thinking, okay, if a company has got 100 people out there then by that statistics, 80 people should be Christian. Our parliament consists of 400 members. That means our parliament should have 320 Christians in parliament. 
We've got 160,000 plus prisoners in all the correctional facilities. That means 130,000 Christians are sitting in prison. We've got 400,000 teachers that's working for government. That means that 320,000 of those teachers are Christians, and they're supposed to teach our children according to what the Word of God teaches. You see, the 80% has made us very comfortable because it's a word that we say, and we easily fall into that and say it is sufficient, it is enough. Time has moved on. I can now just say that I'm part of that statistic of 80% Christian. Now, I think those of you present here, we know that that is not the true reflection of what the born-again, spirit-filled Christian is. And that just makes it all the more urgent and serious for the body of Christ to do what we need to do for that which is lying ahead. It doesn't take a very smart person to see what's happening in this world. You really just have to read the Word of God and you will know exactly what is coming and what is on its way. And God always gives us that hope. The world tries to give us a glimmer of hope, but God gives us an eternal hope. You know, 80%, 80% of the people. I want to read something to you out of Philippians 2 verse 13, and verse 14 and 15. You don't have to go there. Um, just hear, listen to what, uh, what it says here. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life. I, I, I enjoy sport, obviously, and I, there was a particular rugby player that I enjoyed in the, in, the, in the 1990s. He was a New Zealander, and I came to know that from when he speaks, when he was interviewed, he's a Christian. And I always looked up to this person, and he played in the 1987 World Cup, and then in the 1991, but then he missed a few games. And I sort of wondered, why wasn't he playing certain games? And then after the World Cup, it came about that He's a Christian, and his name is Michael Jones, and he stood and he said, I will not pray, play a game on a Sunday. Hence the reason why he missed some of the games. So when they were looking at the 1995 World Cup, played in South Africa, they saw that the quarterfinal and the semifinal was going to be on a Sunday as well. So they didn't choose him, because he refused to change his stance on his faith. He stood for what he is, who he is, and him. And still today, he's running that race. And God has blessed him richly, but he never compromised on who he was. In 1924, there was a man by the name of Eric Little, and some of you must probably recognize the name. He was chosen for the Olympic team for, for Britain, for the UK. And he was the fastest man around at the time. In fact, the person that was also competing in the Olympics for the 100 meter, he had beaten already. So he was one of the favorites to win the Olympics. And as they boarded on this boat in the UK, en route to Paris, where the Olympics was, they got the roster of what the 100 meter heats would be. Now, for those who are not in sports circles, a heat means that you have to run certain qualifiers in order to advance to reach the final. And on this roster, 
it showed that his heats would be on a Sunday. And he said, not so. I am a believer. I'm a Christian, a born-again Christian. I will not run my heats on a Sunday. Probably the fastest man around, and now suddenly Britain was in the conundrum. They had the Prince of Wales and the British Olympic Committee come to him and speak to this man, try to convince him to participate because he was representing not himself, a nation, the hope of many people. But he stood his ground, and he did not partake in the Olympics. One of his teammates, whilst they were at the Olympics now, because he just couldn't come back, he had to wait when the Olympics was gone in order for him to get back. One of his teammates ran in the 400-meter hurdles, and he won a silver medal. And he gave up his spot in the 400-meter to Eric. He said, well, I've run my 400-meter hurdles. You can now run in the 400-meter. He had never run the 400-meter. So he did. He partook in it. And he won the gold in the 400-meter. He eventually became a missionary to China. And as it more correctly stated, they made a movie about this, Chariots of Fire. There are people in this world who stood their ground and they did not compromise. And today, sadly, this kind of news do not reach the media. The media is filled with all the sad news, the bad news, the reality TV shows, which is anyway fake news, and all the talk show hosts and everybody's opinion. But these kind of things will not reach the news today. But these kind of things have already been documented in the good news. Because there are so many examples of people who did not compromise. And if you stand your ground in the days that lies ahead, I promise you God's word will never fail you. He says here, one shall put a thousand to flight and two shall put 10,000 to flight. We will always be in the majority. When you make a stand for God and you refuse to compromise, God honors you. You do not need to seek the recommendation or the favor of man. Because when you have favor with God, he brings you favor with man as well. So in the days that lies ahead, starting from this day, we must stand and not compromise. We've got sufficient examples. There are men and there are other examples too of women who stood their grounds, who did not compromise in their walk with God. And therefore, God will use you as an example. This, this young man at the time, Eric Liddell, did not know that the Lord was going to use him in the 400. Satan wanted to stop this believer to be on the global scale of participating in a race, but God had another plan because God was going to use him as a vessel of honor for his kingdom. And the word of God is, um, has got plenty examples of, 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 of such um, uh, people who did not compromise concerning their walk with God. We live in an hour and in a day where we cannot stand back, but you do not need to fear. You just stand your ground and God will take care of you. you know, in, in, in Philippians verses 4, I, I just want to read, you don't have to go there once again. Paul, he writes to the church of Philippi and he addresses them and he addresses them with certain things and he tells them these things you must go and do. And I'm just going to summarize them per verse. So, so it's really from verse 1 to 9. In verse 1 he says, he says this, he says, stand fast in the Lord. In other words, persist and persevere. Be of the same mind because there were two women, Christian women, who were in argument with one another and disagreement and he says, help them. Help them and bring them into unity. Then he says in verse 4, rejoice 
in the Lord because that is where we get our strength from. And then he goes into verse 5 and he says, we have to show gentleness. Our gentleness must be seen. Then he goes in verse 6 and he says, pray to God and then the peace of God shall come upon you and give thanks to God. Then he says, verse 8, pursue the things that are excellent. And then he says, lastly, in verse 9, do the things which you have learned, that you've received, that you've heard, and that you saw him do. But there's one thing, one thing that Paul writes here that's in the negative. All these things are in the affirmative. Just one thing he writes in the negative, and he puts it right in the middle, and he says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious, be worrisome for nothing. The only negative thing that is written here, and how powerful that is, because if this is the place that we can overcome, then we will be victorious. And we have to, we have to look at what this anxiety does to us, because here is the thing about anxiety. You've get, you get those who are warriors, you know, with an A, the warriors, like the believers, like a soldier, the warriors, the prayer warriors. Then you get the warriors with an O, the people who all their life, they become the warriors. And the funny thing about worry, Somebody just said this, and I just have to read this, what they said about worry. Worry is something that never happens. It's something that you anticipate. You worry about something that you don't want to happen that is going to happen, or you worry about something that you want to happen that's not going to happen. It's one of the two. Either you want it to happen, or you don't want it to happen. You anticipate it to happen. And we spend so much time in this. And what we do then is, is we go then and, we, and we're so eager to do what Paul says. Yes, we go with all prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. But we drag anxiety with. There's no one God's word that makes allowance for that. We bring anxiety within all of this. And we pray because that's the part we love to do. We can pray and we can stand in faith. And yes, we trust in the peace of God to come. But all along, anxiety, we pull anxiety with us. We cannot take worry and concern and anxiety with us in the road that lies ahead. Because when you bring that with you, it is not of God. Let's be open and be, be straight about this. Anxiety and worry comes from the devil. When you tag it with you, you've got a weight that you are pulling with you and you will always wonder, why are my prayers not coming through? Why is my situation not changing? Because every time that I pray, I say that, I pray this, but, but brings worry all the way with. And we have, and Paul talks about this, we have to remove anxiety out of the way. He says, but be anxious for nothing. You cannot even entertain anxiety. You know, there's a scripture in Psalm 119 verse 130 that says this, the entrance of your words, God's words, gives light. That word light is exactly the same word that you find in Genesis 1 verses 3. And God said, let there be light. And get this. When God said there, let there be light, he said, let there be light, it be, it become immediately. There was not hours or days for it to come because when God spoke, it became. That's how powerful God is. And you must understand, there was darkness on the planet, on the earth. It was darkness. And then light came and it illuminated everything. Darkness didn't disappear. Light consumed it. That darkness could not shine anymore. That is the power of God's light. And when God says the entrance of his words gives light, it immediately consumes all darkness. Everything that's potentially dark and what is evil is immediately consumed 
by God's word when it comes in. And that word, the entrance, that means, in, 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 um, in Hebrew, it means it's a door that is opening. It's a window. It's an opportunity that opens. But here's the thing. God waits. You must get into that opening. God is not going to come and fill you where you stand. You must walk to God and be filled by where He is. You meet Him where He is. And then that light comes and the illumination comes and immediately you move from in the natural, in the spirit, and you become God conscious. In the hour that we are living in, only God-conscious believers will see what is happening in the world. You will know the enemy. You will see its wicked plans. You will see deception, and you will know how to overcome this because it is God's desire not only for us to know it, but to overcome it and subdue it so that others can see because it says there that the light that shines in you in John, John 1 verses 4 and 5 in him, Christ was the light, was the life, and the life was the light of man. Now, that life talks not about physical life anymore. It talks about spiritual life as well. Everything from, from, from the book of John points to the fact, his uh, gospel moves to the fact, we move from the natural into the spiritual. We are God conscious of everything that God does. And then Paul goes in verse 8 of Philippians 4. We've just read from 1 to 9 the brief headings of what each verse um, essentially consists of. But listen to verse 8. He says, your mind, your mind must be fixed on these things. Hence the title, pursue the things which are of excellence and which are praiseworthy. But what are these things in verse 8 of Philippians 4? And you can go there if you want, but I'll just briefly read it to you. He clarifies, and this is the beauty of it, when he says in verse 8, he says, Finally, brethren, whatever things, number one, are true, whatever things are true, God always starts with truth because that is the foundation upon which everything stands, His truth. His truth. And you'll notice when Paul talks about the, 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 the armor of God, he also starts with the belt of truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That is the foundation for everything that's going to keep you in the times that we are in. Then the second thing, whatever is honest, in other, what is, in other words, what is honorable, whatever things are just, in other words, what is righteous, whatever things are pure, and here it, it's reference to your moral um, uh, stand, where you stand. It's, the, it's your, the, the, the morality of your, of your purity. It's holy and clean. Whatever is lovely, in other words, what's, what is lovable and pleasing. And the last one, whatever is of good report. That is your testimony. That is the life that you live. What good report is it that you have? Because he says, pursue these things. These things brings excellence, and they are praiseworthy. And then he sums it all up, and he says, these things are of virtue or excellence, and they are praiseworthy, commendable. And he takes this, these things that he mentions here, these six things, it tells us who Christ is. When you are in Christ, you are true, you are just, you are pure, you've got a good testimony, a good report, because everything is Christ. And Christ becomes the church through whom we are when we accept Christ 
and exhibit that to the world out there. This is the kind of mind that Paul says we must get to. And when I say Paul says, be careful because often people say, no, Moses said this or Paul said this. It's God said this, but Paul just wrote it through the, through the unction of the Holy Spirit. Paul writes it, God says it. Let me just rephrase that. Proverbs 4.22 says this, for these things which we are doing, it says, for they are life to those who find them and they are health to all their flesh. That word health is the word marpe, and its root verb is the word rafa, which means healing medicine. That's what the Word of God does. It is medicine. It brings healing. And therefore, our minds become of excellence, and it's praiseworthy. And this is how we stand in the day that we do. We are not moved by the things that are out there in this world, because God has given us His Holy Spirit. You have to understand this, please. First, your spirit was reborn. Then, your mind was renewed. Then, your body became a temple of God. God now no longer dwells in a temple. He dwells in you because you are the temple. He used to only be in the Holy of Holies. Now you are that Holy of Holies. He dwells in you through His Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit in us. There is nothing out there that the enemy has on us. There's nothing that you need to be anxious about or need to worry. So when you pray, and you pray that the peace of God comes to surpass all understanding with all prayer and supplication, you leave worry at the cross. You leave it right there. You don't take it with you because it will kill you. It will destroy you. Things that are not yours should not be yours. Don't take what the enemy presents to you as a suggestion, but you take what God has given us already, life and life eternal through Christ. So what the days are lying ahead, and I'm coming in for a close, in the days that are lying ahead, deal with the anxieties that you find yourself in. You are at least one of that 80% that is out there. How fictitious that number may be, but you are the true 80% representing it out there. And one person makes a difference. Joseph changed the whole nation. Egypt and Israel was established. Daniel protected a whole nation. Esther protected a whole nation from destruction. One person, wherever you are, wherever God places you, can save a whole company. A whole business will be blessed because of that. Because Christ in you, the hope of glory. I close off. Amen. Yes. Let's give God that praise offering. Hallelujah. I close off with this. Lawrence of Rome was a believer, and he was appointed by the Pope at the time to be a deacon. And there was heavy persecution from the Romans, so much so that the Roman emperor at the time passed an edict saying that all Christians must be executed. All Christians must be executed. And that edict was passed in August of 258. And eight days later, the Pope was executed. So a letter was written to him, to Lawrence, saying to him, you must bring all the wealth that you have as a church to Rome. Because that's why they killed all the Christians. Because what had happened at the time, when Christians would die, they would donate all their funds, their finances and their estates to the church not to Rome, and Rome wanted to have that. So Lawrence wrote back and he said, give me three days. 
because there's so much wealth, I need to gather it all together to bring it to Rome. So for the next three days, all he did, he went around and dished out all of these wealth, the properties, the estates, to all the poor people. He walked himself to the door in Rome and knocked and told them what he did. He was not anxious for one moment because he knew who he was in Christ. Christ is the greatest example of not even contemplating or entertaining the notion of anxiety. You know, one of the, for me, the key uh, examples is when he was there in Nazareth after he delivered the scroll of Zion saying that today this scripture is fulfilled in your presence. He told them then what the future was going to be like. He said to them, because they all marveled at what he said, and then he said these words. He said, in all of the nations of the Gentiles, there was only one widow that Elijah went to. And Elisha, of all the people that were healed from leprosy, he only went to Naaman, and Naaman got healed. He was directly pointing at his fellow believers and saying, the kingdom of God is now moving to the Gentiles. It's coming to the Gentiles. And they hated him for that, and he said they wanted to kill him, but he walked right in between them because he knew his authority. He was not moved by what man could do to him because he already knew who he was. We are in Christ. In the days that lies ahead, there's nothing that you and I must fear because we have that boldness. We have the ability to walk in that boldness and to then pursue what is excellent and praiseworthy. Because if you pursue that, your eyes will not be on the things that are anxious and worrisome. For God will move and you will see miracles and wonders in the time that lies ahead. Amen. Amen. Please, I ask that you all buy. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I ask that we all just please bow our heads? Because this is one of the most important things that we do for every person out there. We cannot let a moment pass by that a soul cannot be saved. That is for us the highest price because the heavens declare and God's word says that there's great rejoicing in the heavens when a soul comes to salvation. So if you are such a person and you've never made that confession where you've said that you believe that Jesus Christ is the living son of God and that you accept him as your Lord and your savior, if you've never done that, then tonight I want to present you with an opportunity to do that. And if you have been walking this way, and you have perhaps even entertained sin in your life, and you know it's time for you to make right, and you want to make a return to God tonight, then this is also an invitation for you. And I ask, if there's any one of you who want to do that, please just raise your hands for us. Whilst every head is bowed down, because you are that important, we will not let this moment go by. If you have never made that confession that Jesus is Lord of your life, then please raise your hands tonight. Thank you, thank you. Glory to God. Yes, raise those hands. Yes, keep those hands up for us. If you have never made that confession, then you are the one that God wants to speak to and meet tonight. And if you want to make right with God tonight, and this is your opportunity to make right, then you must also raise your hand. Please raise your hands for me if there are any of those. Thank you, thank you. Glory to God. Yes. Yes, thank you. God is working. Wow, it's always such a special moment when people make the decision. And let's honor that. A last invite. If you are hesitant, you are sitting out there and you are wondering, then it's for you as well. You should have no doubt there where you sit 
If you are uncertain and unsure, then you need to raise your hand for me as well. Because then it's your time tonight as well that you make right with God. Can you just raise your hand for me then as well? All those people that raise their hands, can I ask that you just please stand for us? Please just stand for us there. Yes, please. Yes, let's welcome them. Please, thank you, thank you. Wonderful, wonderful. Glory to God. Please, can I ask that you come to the front for us because you are the beautiful VIP people whom God wants to bless tonight. Please, it won't be long. Don't worry, you can leave your belongings in your possessions where you are. Yes, let's praise God for that. Let's welcome them. Amen. Please come to the front. You are so, so, so precious. Wow. No, the kingdom of God is advancing. Look at this. Look at this. How wonderful it is. Look at me. I want to say this to you. Today, you must mark this day because it's, it's the beginning of the rest of your life. The word of God says that when you do this, and we'll lead you in prayer shortly, your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Your names are now written in God's Lamb's book of life. And He waited until this day for that to happen for you. This is how special today is. You, and you can never doubt again about your future because your future is now established. I want to ask that the congregation, let's raise our hands towards them and raise your hands to the heavens, you precious people here in the front. And please, I will lead us in prayer and just repeat this after me. All right. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I ask that you would forgive me my sins. I confess that you are the living Son of God and that God the Father raised you from the dead and therefore I am saved. The punishment of my peace was upon Jesus and by His stripes I am now healed. Thank you for that, Father. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit and write my name in your Lamb's book of life. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a praise offering for this. How wonderful it is. How wonderful it is. No, you're so precious. You're the VIPs. You've got people behind you who just want to spend a quick minute with you. We've got a pastor there who's going to guide you there. Just to the side door. You'll be back shortly. Please will just turn to your left-hand side and just follow them and you'll be back shortly. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Wow. How wonderful that is. You know, yesterday when we had this, um, and, and I, I'm just led to do this. Yesterday when we were here at the, um, the fun day, so many people that we managed to speak about that had testimonies of how God answered prayers. You know, every Saturday we gather together here and we pray and we pray like prayer warriors. You know, here's the thing about a warrior. A warrior is like a special forces agent that's being trained. They are not trained to retire. They are always trained to fight and to continue fight the good fight because they get the victory. This is what prayer warriors do. Prayer warriors don't stop at some point. You don't retire. And we pray every Saturday over these prayers. And we know that there are people that have testimonies of God who had answered prayers. And I can't get to all of it. Can I just ask, if you are such a person that have had a prayer being answered to raise your hand for me, 
Because we must give glory to God when we have prayers being answered. Okay, I, Sean, you must come because you spoke something to me today. You must hear, you must come to the front. I just want to see, okay, that person there at the back, there's two. Can you please come to the front for me? And the lady there as well? And I saw another hand there. Yes, please, you come to the front for me as well. I'm going to give them 30 seconds, but I want them to tell you so that you can be encouraged what God did for them. Because we must give glory to God. What's the point that we ask for prayer and nobody hears that prayers are answered? Because through this, our faith is stirred. All right, so literally only 30 seconds. I want you all just... In a matter of 30 seconds, tell us quickly, what is it that you've prayed for and what is the miracle or the breakthrough that God did for you? Can you go for me, sister? Um, I was having major problems with my son and I prayed about it and he was taken to Redemption Hill and uh, God is working with him now. Amen. Amen. Let's give God praise. Wow. That's who our God is. And you? God's been answering all my prayers every day. Every single day. Okay. You want to be friends with this one? Because the prayers are being answered every single day. Glory to God. And you? Um, I was diagnosed with a massive brain tumor, 9 September 2019, just smaller than a cricket ball. That neurosurgeon didn't give me any hope. He told my children, in front of my children, um, he's going to try to get it out because it's so big. And if he can't, then he'll close me up before I bleed to death. And um, then God sent a marvelous neurosurgeon and he took it out one shot after six operations but yeah i made it and god is so good amen, amen. yes hallelujah lord hallelujah hey. um it was my back i actually had a huge problem with my back that um i was an accident and all other things and um the lord healed me in my back completely he actually made my um spine straight and then the other one, I actually broke ribs um, when COVID started. I never went to the hospital. The one lady says, if it doesn't stick out, you don't go to the hospital. And I prayed about it. And there was a lady that also prayed for me. And while there was no communication between my shoulder and my arm, and while she was praying, I was moving my arm. And I'm, I, I just give praise to God still. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you? Oh, Pastor Harold prayed for me for my shoulder because I had rotator cuff syndrome and I went for a sono now in the week and they told me there's no sign of rotator cuff syndrome. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Isn't our God marvelous? Amen. Um, so I'm a new, newly graduated teacher. Um, I just finished studying last year and this is my first job. It was a temporary position and I really prayed to the Lord that it will become a permanent position because I really love this school. It's an amazing place. And this week, on Tuesday night, we prayed at, um, at home cell, and the words that were prayed over me the next day on Wednesday, the principal said those exact same words of a permanent contract being drawn up for me to stay there at the school. So praise God. Hallelujah. Let's stand and give God a praise offering. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Because God is worthy to receive praise. Is this working now? Yes, it is. You know, we must come back like that one, that one who got healed. Ten people went. They were sick and they got healed, but one got saved. Well, only one got saved. The power of testimony, this lifts us all up. And I tell you what, 
it is great to hear these testimonies. Please, those of you that I didn't get to, send your testimonies to us. We want to hear that because it encourages us as well. But send it to us. We want to hear of those things because we want to rejoice with you what God has been doing for you. All right. Right, we're going to close off and I think the band has got something for us. So over to you guys. Okay, 
Miranda's asked for prayer. So you can all be seated for just for a short while. So Miranda, do you believe the report that they've given you? Okay. I know that you're a woman of faith. Isaiah 33, verse 6 says this. I will bring it health and healing and I will heal my people. That's sorry, that's Jeremiah 33, 6. God says that he will bring it health and healing and he will heal his people. So whatever the situation is, I want you to put your hand on that particular area where it is. And I just want to pray that you will raise your hands. Certain report from the doctor. She's believing that it's not the case. She's doing what the word of God says, which says, is anyone among you sick? Let them come to the elders of the church. That we may anoint them with oil, that we will pray over them and they will be healed and they will be saved. So can I just get the oil, please? Yes. Well, let's do what the word of God then says. Because God is in the business of healing. We just heard this from some of these testimonies. Thank you. I anoint you in the name of God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Miranda, by faith you've come. And now we pray with you and we stand against this curse of cancer. Satan, this curse is bound in the name of Jesus Christ. We break the power of Satan over this woman's life. The Lord Jesus Christ rebukes you and we speak healing in her body. And yes, Father, come and restore this woman's health in the holy name of Jesus Christ because it is by the power of your Holy Spirit that this yoke is broken in Jesus' name. We bind you, you spirit of sickness and infirmity and of disease. And now we release the healing power from the wounds of Jesus Christ over you. And by faith then receive the healing from our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's give God a praise offering. Amen, 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 amen. You may go, thanks, thanks. Okay, we're gonna close off. I just wanna ask this. I have to do this because we have spoken about that some of you are dealing with anxiety and worry. After we've prayed and the church is being released, any one of you that are suffering with that and are battling with worry and anxiety, you must come to the front, please, because the pastors are going to pray for you. So don't worry. God has not forgotten about you. Do not take that as a guest upon your life. Leave the worry behind. It's not God's plan for you. All right. So, yes. What can I help you with? Okay. All right. Those of you who can pray in the spirits, let's do so and raise your hands to this woman. I anoint you in the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we surrender this situation to you right now. Satan, you are bound in the name of Jesus Christ with every operation in this woman. Whatever curse has been spoken over this woman, we break this power in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever spirit is causing a torment and fear upon this woman, you are bound in the name of Jesus Christ. We now release the authority of the name of Jesus Christ 
over your spirit, soul, and body. And whatever has been plaguing you and has been tormenting you must go this night in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we now pray that by the Holy Spirit's power that breaks this yoke and this anointing, deliver this woman from anything that has caused chaos and mayhem in her life. And now, Lord, the spirit of confusion is bound in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray for the mind of Christ. Let the mind of Christ come upon her. And that when she speaks, she speaks the oracles of God. Because the life of Christ Jesus is in her through the Holy Spirit's manifestation upon her life. Now, Father, receive the glory in this and set her free. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray this. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The devil doesn't like what we do. Okay, let's close our eyes. We're going to pray. And then all those of you who want to come for prayer, you must please do so. Please just be reminded the um, Christian Business Forum breakfast tickets there at the back. It's on the 18th. So please purchase your tickets on that side. All right, so let's close our eyes. Heavenly Father, as this night comes to an end, we know, Father God, our life with you continues eternally. Bless these people wherever they go and whatever lies ahead for them in this week. We pray, Father, that you will send your holy angels charge concerning them to go before them in this week and make the mountains plain for them. Seal them by the holy blood of our Lord Jesus Christ and wash us in that precious blood. Create in us a clean heart, O Lord, and renew your steadfast spirit in us. Father, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of you, Holy Father God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us now and forevermore. Let we go in the peace of God, traveling mercies wherever we go, the favor of the Lord to surround us like a shield. And all of us, we agree and we say, Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.